morning. Good morning. First song this morning will be number 217. Number 217. There's a call comes ringing o'er the restless waves and the lights and the light. There are souls to rescue, there are souls to save. Send the light, send the light, send the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine Macedonian call today, send the light, send the light, and a golden offering at the cross we lay, send the light, send the light, send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore, send the light. Blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. Let us not grow weary in the work of love. Send the light, send the light. Let us gather jewels for a crown above. Send the light, send the light, send the light. Gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. Good morning. I want to welcome everyone to our service this morning. We want you to know if you're, uh, you're our honored guest, and we invite you to worship with us as often as you can, either in person or by live stream. If you're visiting with us, we'd ask that you'd fill it on an attendance card and place it in the collection plate. When it comes around, so we'd have a record of your attendance. We want to remind everyone of our schedule of services, that we have 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning Bible study, 10.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship, 5 p.m. Sunday evening worship, and 7 p.m. we have Wednesday evening uh, Bible study. Our sympathy is extended to Jason Head and his family on the loss of his stepmother, Donna Head. Please keep the Head family in your prayers. Our Meals on Wheels is today. Please see Christy Albright if you can help with delivering the meals after the morning worship service. There will be a men's business meeting today at 4 p.m. All men of the congregation are encouraged to attend. The Youth and Senior Supper will be this Wednesday at 6 p.m. in the Fellowship Hall. We will be serving soup. There's a sign-up list on the Youth Bulletin Board for those that can help provide the food. There's a sign-up list for hosts for our youth activities in 2023 on the Youth Bulletin Board. Our monthly singing will be at Dogwood Bend. The address there is 160 Hillcrest Drive, Clarksville. It will be Saturday, January 14th. Please arrive at 225, and you can see Howard Fraser for more information. 
The next area-wide youth Devo will be Sunday, January 15th at Coopertown Church of Christ at 5 p.m. The bus will leave the church building at 4.30 if you wish to ride to the Devo. See Ryan Blunt for more information. The Secret Sister Reveal Luncheon will be Sunday, January 22nd in the Fellowship Hall following morning worship. Please contact Shannon Garrett if you are unable to attend. We'll send congratulations to Travis and Christine Gupton on their wedding October 8th. To celebrate their marriage, we will have a gift card shower since they live out of town. A gift table is set up in the foyer for you to place your gift card. Please have your gift on the table by January 22nd. The Picking and Ribs fundraiser for Lylewood Christian Camp is Saturday, March 4th at 6 p.m. at Trenton Crossing Church of Christ. There's a flyer in the bulletin board for more information. For tickets, you can see Noah Eastland or Dale Murray. I have a couple of uh, thank you cards. I just can't thank enough for the fruit basket, Henry Fetzing. <clears throat> Dear Strousville Church family, thank you once again for all the love sent our way. We love you all and appreciate all the prayers, cards, and visits. A special thank you to the ladies that coordinated the meal for the head Rawls family and to everyone that brought food. Love, Jason, Katie, and girls. That's all the announcements that we have. Now we'll have our reading. Good morning. Our reading comes from Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being... In the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death of the cross. Our next song this morning will be number 278. 278. <clears throat> I know not why God's wondrous grace to me he hath made known, nor why unworthy Christ in love redeemed me for his own. But I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. I know not how the Spirit moves convincing me sin, revealing Jesus through the word, creating faith in him. But I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I 
committed unto him against that day. I know not when my Lord may come at night or noonday fair, nor if I walk the veil with him or meet him in the to him against that day. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us. We pray for those in authority. Please help them to make wise decisions that are consistent with your word. With increasing strife in the world, we pray that you would bring peace to our country and to the world. And we especially pray that you would bring peace to Ukraine. Help us to be peacemakers and raise up leaders who will both punish the evildoer and bring peace to others. In today's world, with less respect for your message as stated in the Bible, we pray that our local, state, and national leaders will not impose laws that prevent us from following your will. Help these leaders use their authority to allow Christians to lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. In the event that laws are passed that require Christians to disobey your will, give us the courage to answer like Peter did to the Sanhedrin that we must obey God rather than men. We pray for those who are mentioned in the bulletin and in the announcements today who are physically sick. Be with them, heal them, and help the doctors to use their God-given intelligence and training to help them get better. However, most of all, we pray for the spiritually sick who have not called on your name and had their sins washed away in baptism, and for those Christians who have fallen away. Help us to reach out to them, to encourage them to put on Christ or to come back to Christ. Finally, help us to make wise decisions, to follow your word, to engage in regular Bible study, and to be an example to others. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Following this next song, we'll partake of the Lord's Supper together. Break my heart, dear Lord, tear the barriers down, show me in convicting tears the glory of 
crown. My heart is hard, my soul so weak. The ways of evil cut so deep. I need you, Lord, to come inside and gently break my heart. My sin is great and I can't see the glory sent for me. Show me so weak. The ways of evil cut so deep. I need you, Lord, to come inside and gently as we gather around the table to fulfill the commandment to remember our Savior, I'd like for us to concentrate on our love for Jesus and his love for us. 1 John 4, 19 says, we love him because he loved us. It's a fairly simple passage and yet very profound. You know, we use sayings like talk is cheap and don't tell me, show me. It's really easy to say the words, I love you, but to show someone love, well, that's a whole different story. Jesus certainly showed his love for us, and I'd like to share four things I thought of this morning um, on how Jesus showed his love for us as we prepare to commune together. First, Jesus left heaven to to be born as a man. John 6, verse 38 says, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Don't underestimate how difficult this must have been. Heaven is a wonderful place, and when we get there, we will not want to leave. I think the best uh, analogy I can give you is if you've ever been on vacation before and just everything is so fantastic, and you say, I don't, want ever, I don't want to ever leave. I don't ever want to go back. Imagine that a hundred times better. That's what heaven's going to be like. And for Jesus to leave to save us, that was love. We loved him because he first loved us. Second, he grew up and waited until the time was right for him to start his ministry. I don't know that we give this a whole lot of thought sometimes because there's not a whole lot about it. In, in, the, uh, in the Bible, but, you know, Jesus didn't just, he wasn't just beamed down from heaven as a man and, and, and fulfilled a three-year mission. He had to endure it all. 
he went through the skint knees, the chores, the being ordered around as adults, the, the adolescence, those, those awkward years. That wasn't easy. And then he waited. He waited. We get impatient if we wait in line at the drive-thru for 10 minutes. He waited for 30 years to, to fulfill his ministry. We loved him because he first loved us. Third, when he started his ministry, he spent most of his time dealing with the doubters. You know, it started with that little awkward moment between him and his mother, the water, the wine miracle, and then he spent so much of his time navigating the religious politics of the time. He had to prove over and over again who he was. And there's so many times that Jesus, the scripture just tells Jesus went off to be alone. And, you know, he, he was praying. And we don't know exactly what he's praying, but I, I, I can only imagine him saying, you know, God, why don't they believe I am who I am and that you sent me? That had to have been frustrating. And we love him because he first loved us. And ultimately, fourth, final thing, he suffered the worst that humanity could throw at him. Betrayal. Abandonment. Public ridicule, torture, and a criminal's death. We love him because he loved us. Don't tell me, show me. I don't think Jesus could have showed us in any better way. Today as we commune together, we remember the love that we have for our Savior, and we remember that we loved him because he first loved us. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the opportunity we have to commune this morning. Lord, we're so thankful for Jesus' love, for your love for us, that he was willing to show us his love in so many different ways, Lord. As we partake of this bread, we ask for your blessings on it. We are so thankful that it represents Jesus' body. He came to earth to live as a man and ultimately give himself up on the cross for us. Lord, we are so thankful for this. It's through his name we pray. Amen.
us pray. Our Heavenly Father, as we continue our communion, we're thankful for this fruit of the vine. We ask for your blessings on it. Lord, so thankful that it represents Jesus' blood. Help us to be mindful of how this blood was shed on our behalf. Lord, the pain and agony that Jesus, our Savior, endured for us. But it's also this blood that washes away our sins and gives us a hope of being in heaven with you someday. It's through Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. That concludes the Lord's Supper. When I have opportunity to give back as we've been prospered through the week, please pray with me. Our Heavenly Father, we're just so humbled and thank, thankful for all that you have done for us. Lord, as we sit here in this church building, we acknowledge that we have very few, if any, needs that go unmet day to day. Lord, and we live in a very privileged country. And we just want to thank you and acknowledge you for that as we have this opportunity to give back to, to you and to the works of the church. Lord, we just want to thank you and, and ask for your blessings and help us to give with cheerful hearts. Lord, we do pray that you please be with those who oversee the spending of the funds here at this congregation. Please uh, grant them uh, wisdom and help us to always do your will. It's your son, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.
you'd like to mark our invitation song this morning, it'll be number 600, 600. Now before the lesson, let's all stand and sing 525, 525. If for the prize we have striven, after our labors are o'er, rest to our souls will be given on the eternal shore. Home of the soul, beautiful home, there we shall rest, never to roam. Free from all care, happy and bright, Jesus is there, he is the light. In the storm, lonely are we, sighing for home, longing for thee, beautiful home of the ransom beside the crystal sea. Yes, a sweet rest is remaining for the true children of God, where there will be no complaining. Never a chastening rod. Home of the soul, beautiful home. There we shall rest, never to roam. Free from all care, happy and bright. Jesus is there, he is the light. Oft in the storm, lonely are we. Sighing for home, longing for thee. Beautiful home of the ransom beside the crystal sea. Soon the bright homeland adorning, we shall behold the glad dawn. Lean on the Lord till the morning, trust till the night is gone. Home of the soul, beautiful home. There we shall rest, never to roam, free from all care, happy and bright. Jesus is there, he is the light, oft in the storm, lonely are we, sighing for home, longing for thee, beautiful home of the ransom beside the crystal. Good morning. It's always great to see you, each and every one of you here today. We want to especially welcome you if you're visiting with us. It's always a privilege to be up here and to share with you from God's Word. We are going to be getting back into our lesson series called God's Great Nature. God's Great Nature, where we have been looking at the attributes, that is the qualities or characteristics of God, what makes him unique and so different than man, and the things that are hard for us to comprehend about him, but important for us because he asks us to worship him, to follow him, to be obedient, submissive. So I want to talk about the greatness of God and his characteristics. Back when the Israelites crossed the Red Sea facing certain doom, God provided a way, he opened up the Red Sea, and then used that same miracle to destroy the Egyptian charioteers, the elite army of Egypt. 
After the crossing of the Red Sea and seeing God's power, in Exodus 15, 11, we see the song of Moses where Moses says, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, a majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? We know the answer to that question is, there is no one like God. He is so unique. We've looked at some attributes or traits, and let me go over those very quickly. We're about halfway through, a little past halfway, but the first one was the fact that God has always existed. There's not a timeline, no watch, no beginning, no end for God. He is spirit in nature. He's sovereign. He's holy. We talked about the three omnis that made up God, the fact that he never changes. He's immutable, all truth. And our last uh, time we discussed this, we looked at his wisdom or truth, and then today we'll be looking at wisdom. That will be our topic Continuing, he is a God who is full of goodness and grace, a God of love, a God who knows the beginning before the end, a God of foreknowledge. And finally, we'll wrap up with a righteous God who also has a plan where he'll execute wrath on those who are disobedient. Let's talk about wisdom for a moment, if you'll join me. What is wisdom and why does God have it and should we seek it? So wisdom is simply defined as applied knowledge, all right? You can go to school and continue your education and and go to university, maybe get a four-year degree or a master's degree, or, or maybe some people go on and get a PhD or an MD. They spend a lot of time in school gaining knowledge. But you see, knowledge and wisdom are not the same. Think of them really as maybe first cousins. Knowledge is important. You have to have knowledge. But wisdom coupled with knowledge is when we use that knowledge in a way that benefits us. There are good outcomes when we're wise. Sometimes young men, for example, when they go off to college, they will sit in class and they will learn new things But then in extracurricular activities, they don't always exercise wisdom. Maybe they do things they shouldn't do. Young women or young men off in college. And so they sit in the dean's office and give an account for why they behaved in a certain way. That wasn't very wise. There's consequences. Now you're going to have to go home for a while and think about what you've done. Or you may be expelled. You see, wisdom and knowledge are not the same. And so I want you to challenge you today to think about wisdom. And so bear with me in in my foolishness for just a moment as we go to the next slide. I want to show you a picture, something I discovered on Smithsonian. I have a news feed, but this was a story that intrigued me. And you're thinking, Brother Tom, I don't quite see the connection, wisdom, and whatever this is. Bear with me, please. I want you to look at that and study it for a moment. You see, what you're looking at is literally a drop of water on a slide with a special camera. It's beautiful, but it's also quite amazing. In the next slide, we explain that these are a crustacean animal. They're called copepods, the most numerous animal on the planet. There's about 13,000 species of copepods. 
So while we're looking at these, I want you to appreciate the diversity. In the next slide, we see a, a sea cucumber larva. Not only is it beautiful, but it's also almost microscopic. The next one is uh, a male sephirina, and basically it's iridescent. Look how beautiful that is. Amazing. The last one is a copelia, and it basically has a hard shell, and it's just awesome. And these are in a drop of water. These were actually taken from samples of seawater, put in a, a drop, photographed off the coast of Spain. So why am I showing you all these amazing miniature sea creatures, these animals? You see, I think the more that we study and observe nature and all of God's creation around us, it makes us appreciate what we see. Maybe you're a, a science nut. Maybe you enjoy biology. Maybe you enjoy... Uh, I don't know, going on Google or taking trips down uh, a scientific route and learning about something and stimulating your mind. Good for you. That's wonderful. I think the more we study nature, the more we observe God's handiwork, we develop an appreciation for His incredible power and His wisdom. How did God know we needed all these creatures and all these little animals? How did He know that? And what did they do? And by the way, yes, you may drink one of those when you have a cup of water right? They're in every source of water throughout the world, in high mountains and down in areas and trenches in the ocean where the water is literally boiling hot. These animals live. It's amazing. And so I began thinking, you know, when you have knowledge and you seek to find things out and learn things that are incredible, and then you act on those you begin to develop wisdom. And then there's those benefits of wisdom because you think about who made all these things? God. Wow, I'm so humbled. Uh, I'm in awe of this awesome creator, God. And so I want to talk for just a, a moment about wisdom. Here's some quick scriptures for you. Uh, and then we're going to move to somebody that God bestowed a great deal of wisdom on. In just a moment, but in Job 12, verse 13, with God or wisdom and might, he has counsel and understanding. Romans eleven thirty three. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments. How inscrutable his ways. Who has known the mind of God, of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? Who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? Proverbs 2.6, for the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He's a shield to those who walk in integrity. Our last one, James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. And it will be given him, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. So you may be asking yourself, Brother Tom, that was a neat science lesson. Thank you for sharing that with us. But how does that tie into wisdom? You see, there was a man who lived many, many years ago who God bestowed wisdom upon. One in particular was Joshua in Deuteronomy 34.9. The Bible tells us that God gave Joshua, a chosen leader, wisdom. Another man was Solomon, King Solomon, perhaps the wisest man that ever lived, right? And so I want to read about that today as we go to our next slide. 
In 1 Kings chapter 4, if you'd like to open your Bible, I've got it here up on the slide, but you can join me and open up your Bible to 1 Kings 4, beginning in verse 29. Here's a description of Solomon. That God had given him, this king, this young man, wisdom and understanding beyond measure, breadth of mind like the sand on the seashore. So that Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the people of the East and all the wisdom of Egypt. Verse 31, for he was wiser than all other men, wiser than Ethan the Ezrahite, Heman Calcol, Darda, the sons of Mahol. His fame was in all the surrounding nations. Now listen to some of his accomplishments. And you've read the Proverbs, you've read um, Ecclesiastes, you've read accounts of Solomon. In verse 32, the writer states that he spoke 3,000 Proverbs. His songs were 1,005. He spoke of trees from the cedar that is in Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the wall. He spoke also of beasts, of birds, of reptiles, and of fish. So there's my connection today between enjoying God's nature and observing the diversity of life, the complexity of life, and how God so incredibly created all of these things. Even Solomon studied trees, hyssop, animals, birds, reptiles, and fish. And I think Solomon said, wow, these are amazing, and it is God who gave them to us. And let us be wise and at least stop and appreciate what God has given us. Let us continue to learn and put knowledge in our minds, but more importantly, let us develop wisdom. Verse 34, as we conclude this reading, the Bible says, People of all nations came to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom. Now I want to ask you this question. If Solomon is the wisest man who ever lived, if Solomon was arguably the most wise man, where did he get his wisdom? Verse 29 tells us, and I want to make this point today, a very simple point. That wisdom church came from God. God is the ultimate holder of wisdom. So wise, in fact, that we we can't really even comprehend him. But yet, thankfully, he realized that we needed help comprehending him. So what did he do? He sent himself in the flesh. His name was Jesus. And Jesus walked among us and showed us perfect love, perfect obedience, and wisdom. And so it was God who bestowed upon the wisest man in the world wisdom. God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure. My next point I want to make today is this. Those of you that are students of the Bible who know about Solomon understand that he didn't finish so well. How could the wisest man who lived 
on the earth not finish well. Ah, I believe that's where the devil steps in and offered him temptation, just like he does us today. Amen? Anybody struggle with temptation? Anybody been listening to the voice of the devil? Because he will distract you. Even if you're wise, you see, there are long-standing church members who are anchors in our communities who fall because they're wise, but yet listen to the devil, just as Solomon did. Let us be careful. The Bible says, take heed lest you fall. So the wisest man who ever lived, in our next slide we see, he messed up. He allowed idols to distract him. And you know what those idols were, right? What were they? Many wives. His concubines. I'm fortunate if I can just have one wife and keep her happy. But she's a great blessing to me. She's not here today. She's in Alabama with her mom, and her dad's going to have a pacemaker put in tomorrow. Please remember Jack in your prayers. But I'm so blessed to have a wife who often, and I'll say this without reservation, often impresses me that God has bestowed upon her great wisdom. Maybe she had a lapse of wisdom when she said, yes, I'll marry you. I don't know. But she has truly been a blessing to me and a woman who has wisdom. And I thank God for giving me a wise wife. I'm very blessed. And so we must be careful, even if we have wisdom, that we don't allow this wisdom to uh, sidetrack into things that we lust after or see or begin to engage in. And Solomon, even though he was the wisest man, church, Extremely wise. He made some bad choices. He didn't follow through and give God his heart completely as his father David had done. He allowed his interest to be compromised, his affections to be directed toward things that led him astray. So an extremely wise man made unwise decisions. How sad. Today I want to just give you three wisdom truths. I'm going to keep it really simple. Three observations about wisdom that you can take home with you and think about in the future. Number one, God's wisdom. It's not like man's wisdom, the wisdom of the world. So often we sometimes go down that path of studying philosophy, modern thought. We'll go back and look at Socrates or other great philosophers. And we begin to put value on education and wisdom. Don't misunderstand me. And education is important. And if somebody goes to university, that's, that's good. And I appreciate degrees. But there's something a little fearful when it comes to education And that is that we often become a little puffed up. We begin to think that we have all the answers and we look to ourselves. And you see, the modern wisdom of the world often is contrary to the wisdom of God. As a matter of fact, God makes this point when he says in the Bible that God chose the things that are foolish in this world to confound the wisdom of men. 
You may recall that Jesus started off not with university-degreed individuals to promote his message. Oh no, he used a simple man with calloused hands, fisherman, a tax collector. Now Luke was an educated physician, but yet this diverse group of men were not necessarily identified as the world's wisest people, but yet they trusted their Lord. So let us be careful when we hear philosophers or wisdom of this age when it's spoken. And let us go back to the basics of God's Word because God is the source of all wisdom, wisdom that will lead us to eternal life. Paul's writing to the church at Corinth about worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6, Paul says, is not, It is not a wisdom of this age, that is, the wisdom from above, God's wisdom, the wisdom that leads to eternal life. It, it's not anything like this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. I can almost assure you, church, that if there is something in our society that's becoming in vogue, people are tending to embrace on social media, it seems to be the trend or the fashion or what everybody's doing. It generally is contrary to what God teaches. Amen? That's the way the world works. And so we need to understand that God's wisdom is often going to be at odds with the wisdom of the world. You can pursue the wisdom of the world, but we're told that those who practice it are doomed to pass away. Just as this earth, everything on it is doomed to pass away. Now, verse 70 shifts gears. But we, that is, those speaking with apostolic authority and teaching you from the Word of God, we impart secrets and a hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. Seek the deeper things of God. Now, in context, if you want to make a note in 1 Corinthians 2, go back and read it some more. You'll find, as he continues in the passage, he talks about the helper who gives us the ability to discern and read and understand the deeper things of God. You see, wisdom coupled with the Holy Spirit makes us more godly. But without the aid of the Holy Spirit, that is, those who have been immersed into Christ, who have surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ and now walk according to Him and not the world, have the Holy Spirit in them, guiding them and giving them discernment to be wise. You cannot walk with the world and live by the Spirit. Somebody say, Amen. World, wake up. Church, wake up. We must follow God's wisdom. We must be led by the Spirit and not be caught up in the thinking of the world. God's wisdom is not like man's wisdom, but I would suggest strongly that you go with God and that you seek His wisdom because it brings life eternal. One of the saddest things that I've witnessed and heard about on college campuses and this is evidenced by the movie God's Not Dead, is when many of our young people go to universities in our states, they are told by instructors in their classes, don't listen to your parents 
Forget what they've told you. We're going to set the record straight. They program our children to think differently, to question the values they were taught growing up. It is the wisdom of the world that can be damning. But the wisdom of God will save us. Let us choose the wisdom of the world. No, let us choose the wisdom of God to save us. Proverbs 8.22, The Lord possessed wisdom, she says, at the beginning of His work, the first of His acts of old. Wisdom in Proverbs 8. This is a great chapter. If you get a chance to read the entire chapter, Proverbs 8 is speaking to us. Wisdom is calling out, telling us that we should seek her. She was present at the beginning when God created the universe. Number two, it is important that we seek God's wisdom. Because if we seek it, if we pursue it with all of our heart, we don't lean upon our own understanding, we don't lean upon our own education, we don't lean upon the teachings of the world and their philosophical uh, understanding of what's good and bad, but we seek God, then we'll be blessed. Let's turn in our Bibles together to Proverbs chapter 4. I'll give you just a moment to turn there in the Old Testament. Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to read verses 5 and 9. 5 through 9. Here we see in the beginning of Proverbs, which coincidentally was written by Solomon. He says, Hear, O sons of father instruction, be attentive that you may gain insight. Then he drops down to verse 5. This fatherly advice to us via Solomon says, Get wisdom. Get insight. Do not forget. Do not turn away from the words of my mouth. And then he refers to wisdom in verse 6. Don't forsake her. She will keep you. Love her. She will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom and whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly. She will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland, and she will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Church, we have to understand that we should seek wisdom with all of our heart. And if we become puffed up and we become proud, we're no longer willing to listen to God. In essence, we become our own God. And is that not the problem we see in society today when many of us in society have stopped listening to God and made ourselves God unto ourselves? And so let us seek the wisdom from God above. Number three in our final point today, James. If you want to turn to James chapter 3, we'll begin in verse 13. He defines godly wisdom. He says, this is what wisdom looks like. And so if we see these things evidenced in your life, we know that you have godly wisdom. But if these things are absent, then you do not have godly wisdom. So let us turn to James 3. We'll read together and the lesson will be yours today. 
Starting in verse 13 of James 3. Who is wise and understanding among you? James asked. Now before somebody puts their hand up and says, I'm wise. I'm understanding. I have discernment. He says, let's take a little test, if we may. Let's see how you do. Because it is by his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. (coughs) How do we know if you're wise? It's the choices you make in your life. It's how you live and how you interact with others. But, he says in verse 14, if you have bitter jealousy, selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. So, bitter jealousy, selfish ambition, these are all kept, stored up in the heart. People who are boastful, who are false. Verse 15, this is not the wisdom that comes down from above. Notice the source is from God. God is the one who bestows upon wisdom that saves us. This wisdom, however, he says, verse 15, it's earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. Verse 17, but the wisdom from above. I love this passage. And you might want to make a note, put an asterisk in your Bible or highlight it. The wisdom from above. You ready? It's pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, full of good fruits. It's impartial and sincere. I counted eight attributes. A harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Let's summarize today. First of all, we notice that God who made Solomon, he bestowed upon him great wisdom. He was the wisest man who ever lived. Yet, even Solomon didn't finish strong. He became distracted and he took his eyes off God. He only served God with half a heart. Secondly, God's wisdom is very different than worldly wisdom, and let us understand that difference. Let us seek the wisdom that comes from God, the wisdom that is from above. God will bestow upon us if we pray and if we ask Him for wisdom. And finally, we should seek God's wisdom. We should demonstrate it in our everyday lives. So may I suggest that if you're a wise person, that you will continue to yield, you will continue to submit, and you will humble yourself before an almighty God. And if you're struggling today as you hear my voice, as you're listening, if you're struggling to yield and submit and to humble yourself, we're going to offer an invitation song and ask you to come and tell us, I need prayer. I need to let God Have his way with me, because I've been proud, and I've been wise in my own eyes, and I need to humble myself. Perhaps that person is you today. Perhaps you need wisdom. 
We're going to sing an invitation song and invite you to come to reflect on your own life and be honest. Where are you right now in your life? And how can we help you to be more godly? We all stand here together as sinners who've been saved by the blood of Jesus. We thank Him for His love and His grace and His mercy. And especially, we thank Him for the wisdom He's given us in our lives today. Let's stand and sing together. Jesse. of constant rest would you prove him true each providential test would you in his service labor always at your best let him have his way with thee his power can make you what you ought to be his blood can cleanse your heart and make you His love can fill your soul and you will see T'was best for him to have his way with thee Our closing song this morning will be number 245 245 I want to be a worker for the Lord. I want to love and trust His holy word. I want to sing and pray and be busy every day in the vineyard of the Lord. I will work, I will pray in the vineyard, in the vineyard of strong and brave. I want to trust in Jesus' power to save. All who will truly come shall find a happy home in the kingdom of the Lord. I will work, I will pray in the vineyard, in the vineyard of the Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for granting us another day, and we're so thankful to be here at worship this morning. We just hope that 
Everything that we've done here is in accordance with your word. Heavenly Father, as we leave here today, help us to look to your word for wisdom. Help us to make wise choices. Help us to recognize when we've done things that aren't in accordance with your word and that we ask your forgiveness. Heavenly Father, we also want to remember those who are unable to be here this morning. We just ask that you help us to reach out to them, to provide for them what they need. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you provide for them what they need. We're just so thankful for this church and the work that's being done, and we just ask that you help us to continue to find ways to spread your word and to share your word with those around us. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you protect us as we leave here today, and we just ask that you uh, help us to find our way back tonight and to hear your word again and, and to soak up your word and apply it to our lives. And Heavenly Father, we're just... Again, so thankful for this day, but most of all, thankful for your son Jesus and the sacrifice that he made on the cross for us, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen.